Hello, this is producer and technical director Jack Rossiter Munley. Welcome to an all new episode of Poetry Spoken Here. Today we have another reading from the Unamuno Author Festival, which took place earlier this year in Madrid, Spain. This reading was recorded on the last day of the festival at El Aleatorio, a coffee shop and bar in Madrid. Today's reading is by Shara Leslie. She's the author of Two-Headed Nightingale and The Explosive Expert's Wife, which she reads from in this reading. Leslie is a former Wallace Stegner Fellow at Stanford and was awarded a National Endowment for the Arts Fellowship. Her essays and poems have appeared in the New England Review, Plowshares, and the Kenyan Review, among others. Please enjoy the poetry of Shara Leslie. I told Alexandra, can you all hear me back there? Forward more? There we go. Yes? I told, or I'm telling, Alexandra, please don't worry about leaving um, because you're not the first to flee from me in tears. <laughs> so we're good. Um, this has been so delightful, and I'm so grateful. Uh, I know I know everyone is, but um, you know that it's a good festival when you don't want to leave these conversations, but you're so anxious to get home and get to work. Um, so thank you all for feeding me with your words on and off the page and to this wonderful committee um, and to Spencer, who is at the heart of everything. So thank you. I love you so much. It's silly. Um, I'm going to read five poems from The Explosive Expert's Wife, um, which does chronicle the years that my husband and I uh, spent in Amman, Jordan from 2010 to 2013 and uh, was a very interesting time to be there because of the onset of Arab Spring, uh, the Syrian Civil War, uh, two revolutions in Egypt. There was just a lot happening on the ground. I also had two children there, so I was a little busy too. Um, and the thing about moving to a new country is that you're really desperate and hungry for information, how to make a home, uh, the ways in which you should move through that space. And what I found when we announced that we were moving to the Middle East is that people had lots of opinions about that. So this first poem is called Advice from the Predecessor's Wife. And uh, there are a few times when I'm going to go silent because I can't reveal the names for my own safety. Um, advice from the predecessor's wife. Learn Arabic. Your husband won't have time. At Carrefour Express, aisle one is the tax-free line. For poultry, go to Swafia, the Palestinian chicken man shop. Pig, on the other hand, is impossible to find. Frozen pork sometimes turns up at the co-op. Basha, wife, is pregnant with twins. Expect to host a spa date or two for his mistress. Never make eye contact with local men. Read Married to a Bedouin, the expert expat guide. Skip Queen Noor's book. She's from the Midwest. During Ramadan, Crumb's breakfast is the best. Everything else is closed. Never ride in the front of a taxi with an Arab. If you're near the embassy, avoid hailing a cab. 
Security says we are sitting ducks. Help in a mon runs cheap. Hire a driver, a maid, a cook. Mansef is made with lamb or goat and stewed in a hearty jamid. When dining with royalty, keep conversation neutral. At private parties, be prepared to be the only woman in the room, save the staff. Look the part, but don't show cleavage. Lipstick is fine. Laugh hard, but not too hard at Colonel Dick jokes. Know how to properly cut and light a cigar. When talk turns to politics, smile and nod, then say something obscure in Arabic. Your husband will give you the cue. The George will think it cute. Never ask a woman how long her hair is under the hijab. Don't call anyone but your husband, Habibi. Explore the souks, steer clear of the mosques. All Arabs hate dogs. Walk yours after dark. Comb your yard for poison and traps. Close your drapes. Women are often common victims of peeping toms. When moving among crowds, expect children and strangers to stop to stroke your hair. Always carry your passport. The number one reason a man's relieved from his post his wife's unhappy. Avoid this from the get-go. Get a hobby. Play tennis, take a class, or find a job. The field's leveled for spouses. Here, education and experience equal nada. The work week runs Sunday to Thursday. Your husband will clock in Saturdays, Fridays too. Pack at least four ball gowns. Stock up on shirts with sleeves. Gunfire means graduation or congratulations, a wedding's just taken place. Don't be disturbed by the armed guards outside your apartment. Their assault rifles don't have bullets, rumor has it. Little America runs perpendicular to ring six, aka cholesterol circle. Popeyes, Burger King, Hardee's, you'll find everything you need. McDonald's Playland spans three upstairs levels. Ship a year's worth of ketchup, mayonnaise. Blondes are often mistaken for hookers. Consider dyeing your hair. By September or October, you'll learn to tune out the call to prayer. So I've said um, that this book is, is really a love letter to Jordan, but it's also very much a book that's about America. And... As an American moving to Jordan, my sort of trepidation was about how I would be treated as a woman in particular and how much freedom I would have and you know, what are the implications of, of life there. And uh, so I, I was quickly amazed to encounter some of the most powerful women I've ever met. And uh, this first poem is dedicated to a group in particular, which is the Middle East's very first all-female demining uh, team. And they work in Jordan's northernmost province along the Syrian border, digging up uh, bomblets and uh, all sorts of things. You'll, you'll hear dragon's teeth, which are very small bombs which are intended to maim people and not kill them. And then uh, the other thing is that you'll hear me mention sort of conservative uh, Muslim dress, the niqab and the jilbab. In Jordan's northernmost province, women go down on their knees, hovering above a map work of metalwork, brushing dust from cluster bombs like ash from flatbread. Delicate metal-filled bomblets glisten, scaring off the crows. 
In fields where men once braided their hair, a wife trades her niqab for goggles and armor, sifting the topmost soil from behind her rake. She knows the mines never sleep. She knows better to fear the snakes, scorpions, heat, her brother's pasture where running water dislocates the dragon's teeth, toy-like mines disguising themselves as butterflies and yams. Shepherds herd their sheep in restricted fields, their daughters more afraid of sniffing dogs than the cross-shaped pressure plates lying in wait. Today begins where yesterday ends, Brushes, detectors, mallets, and stakes, prodding 20 square meters grain by grain, searching for wires attached at the pull switch. And the ragged finch perched on the fence post, does it prophesy something? Among the fruit trees, a thimble-sized device perhaps, its firing pin needling a young boy's eyes. Who knows what the ordinary arbor holds? Hundreds of underground cages ready to unloose the claymore birds in air, their blackened gullets canting for the boy's mother, now downed among the silent grasses, as if unclasping a barb from her stocking or bending to sweep back the wild herbs clutched at her jilbab's hem. So the next poem is set uh, at Petra, which I think a lot of Americans know from the Indiana Jones series. <laughs> that beautiful um, moment where they go into the red rock city that's sort of built into the face of the mountain. Petra um, is really interesting because most people just recognize the iconic treasury, but you can spend a week there and not see the monastery, the high altar of sacrifice, uh, just dozens and dozens and dozens of burial chambers. Um, it's really remarkable. And during our time there, I think I, think I went maybe 10 times, um, maybe a dozen times. Lots of people came to visit. Um, and it's interesting because there, there are labor laws against child labor in Jordan. However, there's an arrangement for the local villagers to come in and work a half day. And the girls work with their mothers selling bracelets and different kinds of jewelry. And the boys run the donkeys up to the monastery. And it was fascinating to watch the sort of dynamic of Petra change over the years that we were there. Because when we first arrived, Jordan's main resource is tourism. And the buses were full. And it was, you know, people were very busy. And then as Arab Spring started, it started slowing down and disappearing and disappearing and disappearing, and the mood of that place changed dramatically. So this is The Ugly American, um, and it starts with a quote from Mark Twain, um, who gave us really the first uh, travel writing, the first description of the region. And he, he, here's what he had to say about that area. How they sprang upon a bone, how they crunched the bread we gave them. Um, in this poem, you'll hear me talk about a genet, which is a female donkey. The ugly American. The boys beat the genet because they could. Out of boredom, because she was in heat, they beat her with sticks and switches and clods of dirt. Because revolution had stalled the usual parade of buses and there were no tourists to ferry up 800 rock-cut steps to the monastery, they pinned her against a cliff and beat her. 
Only a woman, very pregnant, saw, who'd left her husband snapping photos near Casserelle Bent, left him in search of shade, somewhere to rest. And when the boys cheered and laughed and thrust their hips and whipped the Janet, baiting their donkeys to mount her, the woman, too, picked up a stone. Though she was half a field away, she heard herself curse, think every stupid, soulless thing she'd heard about the filth born of this region. And when a man, an uncle or cousin, came charging, freed the genet as it brayed, then loped, when he berated the boys, driving them off, the woman watched them saunter toward the village trail. As they joked and kicked up sand, it was then she felt deep within the sun she had forgotten. Please understand, this isn't metaphor. When I dropped the rock, I had blood on my hand. I don't come off so well in that poem. <laughs> Expat guzzle. Shrack. That ghost bread haunts the clay ovens of Amman. Double health and strength, sachtain in Amman. Alleys of hollyhocks, lots smoldering trash. Feral cats pick at the urban ash of Amman. A sod raises the suburbs, burning like moths. Jordan's borders rain loss on Amman. O useless cup, O spoon of dust, sun up to sun down, Ramadan in Amman. Five times called, I seldom pray, but bless the goat bells scattering song through Amman. Leaves are turning, the king's hand is drawn, another official axed in Amman. Winter erases the pavement, whitens the grove. I trace the crest of my footprint, broken snow in Amman. This spring I'll pack our things, your fish-shaped key, my bowl cut from an olive tree in Amman. But how to carry the women unbinding their hair at the Turkish baths, their naked forms walled in by steam? How do I bottle the unsweetened scent of our son, born last fall in Amman? Some cities never leave you. Perched like a sunbird, the blue mosaic dome, backgammon chips clicking, singing home in Amman. My passport reads Shara, an Abadian god, Am I more or less American in Amman? Okay, and I'm gonna close with a poem um, that I think really is sort of in honor of the festival, which is born out of friendship, and, and this poem is, is really a poem that's of deep, deep friendship and a life of poetry. This is Letter to Bruce in Paradise, Indiana. A worker came to measure for curtains today. It was the first time since moving here I've been alone with a local man. Asked for his opinion, he stared at his notebook and nodded, as you like, just as the orthodox church bells began to ring. I don't understand most things. When I try to speak Arabic, my mind races toward some word locked in a coffin of glass. Where is the key? I hear you say, be patient, it will come. Mornings, I practice the names of days. Truth is, I'm saved by the fact people here know three languages or more. Yesterday, a taxi driver said the kingdom is the size of Indiana. I've heard this twice before. 
I like to picture us there drinking margaritas by the pitcher in the study off your parents' kitchen before stumbling down the hundred or so outdoor planks that as a kid you helped your father hammer into place. We turned our backs to the lake then, remember? Before undressing, I took my glasses off. Between the sky and tree line, everything turned greenish gray and what chirped, chirped from a far off place I couldn't see. We laughed and talked about the men we loved, wondering how to make it last. We swam without seeing what lived in the depths beneath us. Next day, I planned to drive partway to Virginia, only I never told you I kept going. Pushed on alone past the Ohio turnpike before night pressed down and the sky above Maryland turned green, a sudden storm lashing out. Rain caning the hatchbacks and two doors into makeshift rivers that spiraled toward a ditch. I couldn't hear a thing. Not a horn or engine, not even the sound of my name. And I don't know why I'm telling you this, except that when I heard the nothing that was nothing, but water falling all around me, sound itself became a warning, a way of saying that when the maps collapse, we are somewhere still. I don't know the name of the place or time we'll see each other again, only that man invented a compass to pinpoint the time for prayer, that here they say a needle dropped into a heart-shaped bowl points true north, and you are there. Thank you. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter Monley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetry spoken here. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetry spoken here. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetryspokenhere at gmail.com.